Thanks again for listening to the Park Hills Podcast. In this episode, we dive into part one of the Gospel of Mark. If you're interested in what we're doing or you want to hear other sermon series or other podcasts and things like that, go to parkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app. kind of a strange book the way that it's all laid out and so when we were preparing for this as a sermon team a long long time ago one of the things that I wanted everyone to see was that we could we can break mark into four parts part 1 really is chapter 1 through most of chapter 4 and then halfway through chapter 4 there's a serious transition and then 4 through 8 is part 2 a big chunk of 8 a little bit of nine and all of 10 is part three. And then part four is really the triumphal entry in chapter 11, all the way through the end. So I thought we'd do a podcast where we just sort of talk about each of these parts in a, so, you know, by the end of this, you'll have four different Mark chunks that you could listen to these and you'd have an overall feel of, of the book. And so, yeah, with that said, we're just going to spend a little time here, Pastor Rich and I, just diving into chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4, and kind of showing you some of the main themes, the big things that you should be thinking about. And, you know, you might find this helpful. Some people, I think, like to think about things in a literary sense like this. Other people listen to this maybe and go, that's dumb, I don't care, I'm just going to read it. Okay, fine, do your thing. But there is a, a serious... I would say almost agenda from the gospel writer here. There's something that he wants us to see. And so I think it starts in verse one of chapter one, which is why we used it for the video, right? This is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. He's going to spend the next four chapters starting to pique our interest into who the son of God character is. And so, you, you know, Rich, what are some of the ways that he starts to do that in chapter one? Yeah, what I see him doing there is this, the, again, he, you know, Mark loves to use the word immediate, right? Yeah. Um, which I think about more is like, there's no delay. The kingdom has come. The kingdom is here. I think it's a one nine. He says, you know, the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe in the gospel. Right. And Mark is going on with this process of setting the stage for what's going to be happening. Um, and what's important to realize is that, again, Mark is one of the shorter books. But if you put all of the gospels together, it's still a fraction of everything that Jesus did, said, and taught. Right. I mean, you know, it's just it's just a piece of it. So Mark is really trying to draw our attention in a in a um, very intentional way of who Jesus is and why he's coming. And I look at this first section as really setting the stage in a couple of different ways. Um, you know, one is he starts to call disciples. Mm-hmm. Right. He identifies some individuals who have had had some access to him. They have heard about him in some regard, and he says, "You should come follow me." Learn more about what's going on here, and let's let's um, have conversations. Mm-hmm. Let's walk together. Let me show you some things, and it really, then later on in the book, you'll see that develop. But he's really setting the stage, I think, for those disciples to be the the ones who start to bring the, that kingdom home. You know that we read about later in Mark and Acts and in all throughout history. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and in the first couple of chapters here, he only uses the word disciples a couple of times. And like you said before we were getting ready to record, it ramps up a lot near the middle of the book uh, and then just sort of, you know, leads us right into the end where the word disciples is going to get used, you know, starting in chapter two just a couple of times. And then it, it you start to see it just really take off six, seven, eight, and on. So in this beginning here, He's calling disciples, but they're not necessarily called disciples. It's kind of this strange thing, especially in chapter one. They're just, they're curious observers yeah, of yeah. what he's doing. We call them disciples because we know how the story goes. But in the beginning here, it's just sort of a come and see, come, come be a part of what we're doing. Come think about this. Yeah, I think that's big. I think the other thing that's, that's big, and, and you're mentioning this without saying it exactly, but uh, tons of conversation about the gospel, tons of conversations about kingdom which is really setting up this tone for what's going to happen, right? We're going to see the kingdom of God, like you said, here, right now. There's no question about it. It's here. But these these uh, ideas start to get thrown out, you know. Um, th- even in verse 1-1, one, one, the, the gospel, what is a gospel? And then you start to see this, keep saying the good news, the good news, the good news. And then Jesus keeps saying things about kingdom. Like you said, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. That's verse 15. Uh, you know, repent and believe. I, I want you to trust in the good news. So there's this Jesus's I- ideal here, or or the main thing he's trying to push and guide people in is this is what the gospel is. This is what the kingdom of God is, and you know this is how it's then going to act out. And what are some of the ways that it acts out in chapter one? Yeah, the way it, the way it uh, it acts out is he, you get to see the pushback against. The I'd say the enemy, mm-hmm. Satan, yep. the evil forces. Um, I, I know you know you know that Jesus is baptized, right? Yep. And the first thing that happened is a, there's pushback by Satan to try to subvert this mission. He he realizes at this point something's happening. Now Satan is not all knowing and all powerful, but right. he knows there's something unique has happened. This individual. Has, is doing something. Mm-hmm. And all the demons we start to see later and the evil spirits are like going, we know exactly who you are, right. right? So we start right off on the bat where the stage is being set for those who are opposed to the kingdom. The battle lines are being drawn. So they try to tempt Jesus. Then there's pushback. You have the individuals who are, and I would say I appreciate their their zeal for what they believe <laughs> God wanted right. in the scribes and the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that part about them, but they've been misled. They've misled themselves, and and he's pushing back against them, trying to reorient um, their minds around God, not the things of man. Yeah. And so he's setting the stage for that opposition. And you'll see this, like you said, it keeps ramping up all mm-hmm. the way through the book until um, and, and all the way through the end there. So, right. so yeah, he's setting the stage for the disciples. Mm-hmm. He's setting the stage for those that are opposed to mm-hmm. him for this that's coming. And I don't think there's any... Um, confusion that those are actually linked, right? Because that right. battle continues on with the disciples. Right. Right. So those main themes that we're, we're seeing in chapter one, gospel, kingdom, disciples, which are ultimately, we're going to see at the end of, of this part one in chapter four and end of chapter three, the disciples are actually the the ambassadors of this new kingdom. So they're, they have a, a formal role. They're not just you know, coming to check it out. You know, I think sometimes we think about church in that way. Just come, come check it out. It's like, come check it out, but then get on board and let's go. Let's, let's be a part of this thing. And so there's something going on there. So we have gospel, we have kingdom. And the way that the kingdom pours itself out is, is spiritual battles first by casting out demons, casting out unclean spirits. 
and then also these these healings that are happening in chapter one. But all of this happens in the region of Galilee. So the the stage is set for us here, right off the beginning of the of the book. We have a Galilean kingdom, so to speak, being set up by a man who claims to be something. We're not totally sure what yet. We just know that the gospel writer wants us to know he's the son of God. So then we're like, well, what does that even mean? And then you've got these random demons yelling things and other people yelling things and, you know, voices from heaven calling. And you're like, okay, chapter one is action packed, filled, which is why you love Mark, right? Yes. We, we did that a long time ago. Yes. And then all of that leads to, like you mentioned, in chapters two and three, it, it becomes completely conflict fo- focused. And we talked about this in the sermons. We've brought it up a bunch of times. So we don't need to spend a ton of time on it in this particular podcast, but there are seven different conflicts starting just really basic with who do you think you are kind of to no, you're out of your mind. This is not right. And then finally, Jesus's family, get on out here and come talk to us. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. These are my family, those who are doing the will of God. And that sort of sets the tone then for him to, you know, I don't really know how to put it yet. I'm, I'm kind of calling it like a transitional passage or traditional stage where he teaches the, the parable of the sower, the parable of the mustard seed. There's another seed uh, parable there at the end of chapter four. And all of those things are sort of just ramping it up for you need to be prepared. There's something's about to happen, which is what we're going to see in part two and part three, where Jesus is just going to blow the socks off everybody. But these seven conflicts in chapters two and three, you know, as Jesus' ministry is picking up publicity, people are beginning to wonder, and that leads to conflict. Yeah. Which yeah. doesn't surprise us. I right. Think. Right, because he's pushing boundaries, and he, he's disrupting the world order that people have been living by for a while. And so even those that, the, may, that may not have been actively opposed to him, they would have to be going, what is this and what's going on? You know, and, and what I think about it, that's this other stream of things that are happening are the number of crowds and people that he's healing and he's working with who ha- are amazed. Yeah. Right? So... These aren't huge metropolitan centers. You know, you go into a town of, I don't know, a thousand people, mm-hmm. raise somebody from the dead, word's going to get around. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you talk about, you know, there's this amazement and there's, the, there's these blessings that are being bestowed upon by God through Jesus onto people. And I can only imagine the stories of them going home, of either what they saw or what happened to them, mm-hmm. as really starting to develop this um, this idea that the kingdom has come. Mm-hmm. Something is different. And they don't even realize it yet, right? The disciples are still, you know, if you go back and you strip away just what we know, they had to have been going, wow, what what is today going to bring? Sure. He's going to do what? Yeah. You know, that just happened yesterday. And I think the crowds are probably experiencing a lot of the same thing. Yeah. And, and it's because God has this thing that's called a plan, right? <laughs> he knows what's going to happen. And he's setting the stage for what we're going to see later on in Mark and ultimately throughout history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you, you say that and it sparks in my mind. Think about how many times the disciples just lost focus and stuck with what happened three days ago, you know, or four days ago. You know, Peter, did you see what he just did today? And Andrew's like, no, I still am focused on last Tuesday. The I don't even know what to make of that. That was yeah. that was insane. And you look at at what's happening. So chapters one, you know, chapter one is this this onset of the kingdom. Christ is here. Things are happening immediately, immediately, immediately. And then chapters two and three are this conflict, conflict, conflict. And then four is sort of this. Here's where we're going. 
this is what's next, like you just said. And then you go, okay, so what are some of the things that are next? Well, think about the parable of the sower, this idea that seed is going to be spread. Sometimes it's going to be on good ground. Sometimes it's not. You start asking those personal questions. What does that mean? Is, am I providing good soil? Am I not? Am I really what I want to Am I Who am I supposed to be? And then Jesus is saying things like, you can't hide this under a, a, a basket. It's not possible. Or the, the seed is going to grow and it's going to grow and it's going to grow. Just like a mustard seed, which is the tiniest of seeds, and it becomes a huge, huge tree. And I think the disciples, back to what you're saying, they had to just been sitting there going, I don't even know what that means, but I'm in. I don't care what this takes. Like, let's do this. Right. And reflecting back, they could go, yeah, you know what? We went to the village. Mm-hmm. Jesus did this. And now there were crowds were amazed. Hmm. It's kind of like a mustard seed, right? I mean, it starts to yeah. grow. It, a, a small thing, you know, and it starts to develop. And faith starts to develop. And understanding of who Jesus is starts to develop. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's amazing. And it's its brilliant how God has orchestrated the writing of this book so that we yes. can see it in this regard. Mm-hmm. He really has simplified it in some ways um, with a very tight focus on this is what's happening and mm-hmm. we should be paying attention to it. Yeah, the timeline is is really cool to see. And it, it starts to lay it out for us a little bit. And we see, okay, so this is the beginning of the story. Part one here, chapters one through four is really the beginning Everything Jesus says is challenging. It's 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 hard. It's uh, but it's exciting, and, and and we're encouraged to jump in and do more. They have no idea how much they're going to be challenged in part two, right? Right. And in part three, you know, right at the end of part two, we're going to get to this, but they're they're going to ex, ex, you know realize yes, you are exactly who we think you are, and he's going to say I am, and then he shows them in the beginning of part three, and then he proceeds to say, but I, I've come to lay my life on the line for many. Yeah. And they're going to struggle with that into part four. And so if you think about all of that, this idea of, king, of kingdom ideals, gospel, Jesus is doing his, his thing, getting things started and setting the tone for what, a, you know, what does the sower mean? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What does it mean to multiply 30, 60, 100 times? What does it really mean to be a kingdom that's going to spread like wildfire? What does it mean to be a mustard seed that's going to grow into a huge bush? And in the middle of that, there's this conflict happening and you're going, is he going to be able to accomplish this? How is he going to, you know, take over the conflict even? How is he going to deal with these things? And he's masterful. And you just go, I want to follow that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's just, every time the opposition comes towards him, it seems like he makes a left turn or a right turn and they don't even see it. And you just see him proclaim in a different way, I'm greater. Yeah. I'm the one you've actually been looking for. And even those in the conflict, they just, they double down on their conflict. They're like, okay, you're, you're actually casting this out by, by, by the powers of, of Satan. And he refutes that as you talked about in last week's sermon. But um, the, the conflict, if we step back and we look at it, we go, it's just amazing how he, he weaves through that. There's never really a delay or a setback in his mission. No, He came with a focus to bring the kingdom so that we can have access that we had never had before. And he just carries that through. So I just, I love the fact that this, yeah. this book can get us into that, that realm. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I can't wait to hear the, hear and see the next uh, sections of the, uh, well, I should say I kind of read it before, so I kind of know what's going on, but you know, <laughs> spoilers. But when you take a look at it from a fresh and from a new, you know, it's kind of fun. 